this bad. Um, hello. <laughs> Good morning. Um, for those of you that don't know me, as Ben just said, my name's Rachel. Um, yeah, and I'm an accountant, which is probably not the most interesting fact I could have given you about me, but there you go. Um, so today's talk is another one in our God Is series. So for the last few weeks of summer, we've been looking at God is love, God is our friend, God is forgiver. And today I'm going to be talking about God is provider. So to start, I'm just going to read a bit of the Bible, if that could magically appear behind me, that would be incredible. Um, so I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 16. Um, and while we jump in, God has just saved his people, the Israelites, from terrible oppression and slavery in Egypt. And they finally left and are wandering through the desert, being led by Moses and his brother Aaron. So there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around with pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. I'd like to take a break here to quote my dad, who once told me that out of all the princesses, I was most like Fiona from Shrek because, and I quote, you turn into an ogre when you're hungry. <laughs> Does anyone relate to me on that? <laughs> Um, and the worst part is that it's really true. When I was little, my mum had to meet me at the school gate with a snack because she just couldn't talk to me until I'd eaten. And when I don't like, it's not just that I don't like being hungry, I don't like anyone else being hungry either. My friends used to say that when they came round for dinner, they had to be rolled home because of the amount of food that I fed them. <laughs> and so I would love to tell you if I was in the desert with the Israelites, I would be singing God's praises for just saving me from Egypt and slavery. I would be going around happy. But quite likely, I'd have been complaining with them, if I'm real. Um, and for the desert, for the Israelites, they were hungry in the desert. That's not somewhere where they knew where their next source of food was going to be. It's definitely outside the delivery range for Uber Eats. This was a hunger without knowing when it would come to an end. So all in all, I definitely think I would have been complaining with them. Um, so if we jump back in. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening... Vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. And when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These were the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. I would have gathered a lot. Um, <laughs> but when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had just enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. 
When I finished university, I chose to do an unpaid internship for a year with my church. Um, and seeing as I'd just finished being a student and had no savings, I very quickly started to run out of money. It happens. <laughs> to help fund my year, I'd been applying to part-time jobs at various places, and I'd also, but I hadn't heard back from any of them so far. And so to help ease the burden whilst I was finding something, I'd apply to Universal Credit as well. But then the process to get that up and running was really slow. And basically, um, the more, I just started to get more and more anxious about it. But I, money was on my mind more and more, the less of it that I had. So one Tuesday morning at a meeting, I asked the other interns at my church and my line manager to pray with me. Um, and that afternoon, I had 400 pounds in my bank account from Universal Credit and got a job interview for the next day, which I then got just as quickly as that, within about two hours of praying. So God does provide for us. I'm sure if I asked for stories of God providing for you, we would get many, and they would be incredible, because that is who God is. He loves to provide for us. It's one of the things Jesus tells us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. We know that God can do amazing things. But in the story I just read from the Bible, God made it literally rain bread from heaven, like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, if any of you have seen that film. <laughs> so they went out and gathered as much as they could. But what did some of the Israelites do? Because they didn't trust him to do it again tomorrow, they tried to save as much of it as they could and keep it for the next day. Because even though they'd literally just seen God provide for them, they didn't trust that he would do it again the next day. You see, there's a difference between trusting that God can provide for you and choosing to depend on him. There's a difference between believing God can do amazing things and believing that he will. There's, yeah. If you go back to that story I told you earlier of God providing for me when I was running out of money, it was amazing and showed me that God could provide for me. And I learned a lot that day, but it didn't stop me from worrying about rent. When a few months later I ran out of money, I could have prayed, but I just lived off bread and cup of soup for a couple of days because I thought it was just a couple of days and wouldn't hurt. It did, but <laughs> um, because whilst I learned that day that God could provide for me, it didn't mean that I had chosen to trust him every day since. So if you think back, a bit further to some of us than others, but any of you ever made to do a trust fall in school? You know, where you kind of stand with your back to someone and have to fall back and let them catch you? Um, I'm wondering if I could get anyone to come up and do one of those for me, preferably from the same household. Um, kids, I don't know if any of you have been listening so far, but if any of you would be willing to come and do a trustful for me at the front. That would be amazing. If not, any of the slightly older kids in the rest of the church. Anyone? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on, Grayson, ask it. Who's going to be catching who? You'll catch Asher. Great. So do you want to stand with your back? There you go. <laughs> Ready? And <go> <laughs> Thank you.
demonstrated. Yeah, give it up for my assistants. <laughs> um, so I find those really difficult because I find it really hard not to try and catch myself before the other person catches me. It's in that split second where you're falling and haven't felt their hands yet that you try and catch yourself. Because trusting when you don't have a choice is one thing, but actually choosing to trust someone is entirely different. To let them catch and support you. I'm really blessed that my feet and legs work fine. I'm very capable of standing up. There's no need for me to lean back and let someone else catch me. But that's the point of a trust fall, isn't it? The point isn't for them to catch you because you have no choice about it. The point is to choose to depend on them in that moment. The point is to choose to trust the person behind you. The trouble is, that's actually really hard. Even the Israelites, who had just been saved from slavery, who had just seen God rain bread from heaven, wanted to try and save some for the next day. They wanted to rely on themselves. And the same is true for me. I've seen God provide for me, but I still often try and provide for myself. The trouble is, when we rely on ourselves, we're believing a couple of lies. So the first lie is this, I can provide for myself. The trouble with this lie is that sometimes we can't, but sometimes it really feels like we can. Most of us are lucky enough to have a roof over our head, to have some kind of money coming in. And so the idea of depending on someone day to day just doesn't feel very necessary. But actually, when the Israelites were trying to gather up the bread from heaven so they could have their own source of food, the bread they were collecting wasn't something that they provided for themselves. It was a gift from a loving God. If we think that we're trying to provide for ourselves, we can forget to be grateful or recognize God in our day-to-day -day provisions. The second lie we can end up believing is that God provides for us only when we need him to. In this lie, God becomes someone who's there to catch us when we fall. He might bail us out if we get in trouble, but day to day he doesn't have a lot to do. He becomes like a distant parent, a fail-safe and a backup plan, but not someone that you do everyday life with, and not a first choice. That's not the relationship that God wants to have with you. If you picture a married couple, they don't depend on each other because they don't have a choice. It's because they've chosen to do life together. They've chosen to trust each other with their day-to-day -day lives. And that's much more what it looks like to tr trust God to provide for you. It is an everyday choice. So the question is, how do we know if we're doing this? This was brought into perspective for me recently because Ben told you at the start that I'm an accountant. I actually handed in my notice at work a week and a half ago. And I don't currently have anything directly lined up, so that's a little bit scary. Um, but when I started looking at what to do next, I found it really hard not to rule out some options because of money. And that's not to say that money's bad and that it can never factor into those decisions. But the problem was my attitude to it, that I was almost afraid of not being able to clearly see how I provide for myself and was using that as a reason to say no to things that would otherwise have been good. So the question I had to ask myself wasn't whether I believe God was capable of providing for me, because of course he is, he's God and he's provided for me before. 
but I had to ask myself whether I really trusted him to do it when I couldn't clearly see how. And that's the question I want to ask you this morning. When you look at your heart attitude, what does your trust in God look like? So before I finish, I'm just going to pray, and that's all right with everyone. Thank you, Father, that you really, really love us. Whether we know you or not, you love us, and you want to do life with us every day. Please help us to trust you to be our provider, and thank you that you never, ever let us down. Amen.